chapter 2, verse 17. So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead, being by itself. As someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Well, that's what I'm good. Even the demons believe that. And they tremble with fear. But would you like evidence?
I'm going to go ahead and take off for this morning. Lord, I just thank you for your blessing, Lord, to give. I pray your blessing over your people, Lord, as they give this morning. Amen. Bless you to give. Kingdom is the way the kingdom 
operates on that methodology, more than methodology, but as a person. And then out of that person is the realm of the king, and the realm of the king's rule, and the rightful uh, sovereign to rule and govern. And then we are, as his family, and then the greater constituency that would be brought in by his own prerogative into his kingdom, that we're about that, that that's become our primary focus. You know, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so my primary orientation is to a king. My primary orientation is that he's Lord, and, and yes, he's saved me, and yes, he's saved you, but he is the rightful sovereign of our life. And so I, I'm not my own. I've been bought the price. <laughs> that I've been purchased on Calvary. And that my life's going to all do with it whatever I want. So when we say, and Jesus says, when we say, the gospel of the kingdom is at hand, what we're saying is, my loyalty is absolute to one. And yes, has to get infected. Yes. And has it tried to drive us out of his presence? Yes. And has it worked all kind of matter of things? Yes. But the blood of Jesus has made a way for you and I to have access even into the most holy place, which would have been per prohibited, uh, except by the blood of Jesus. And so we're, us kingdom people are proclaiming this blood. This blood is rightful access to a relationship with the Father that was heretofore not allotted to us. Isaiah 58, 1 and 2, you know, cry aloud. The prophet says, Spare not, lift up your voice like a trump, a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sin. And then, then he says this, yet they will seek me daily. And delight to know my ways. And so a lot of times we, we don't know what the gospel saves from unless we know. And are grateful for what he saved us, what he saved us from. I mean, uh, show them my tra the, their transgression, and and uh, show them how to take up their sin. Uh, I heard uh, one preacher one time say that the only way he could really preach the gospel was he had to show that the gospel was not, and he began to present. The fact that we were deserving of wrath and that we were deserving of hell and that, that that was the path that we were all bent on and that Jesus uh, had saved us from that. And, uh, he would present a great dialogue uh, of, of, concerning the law and what could have really happened to us except for the blood of Jesus. And that, so the prophet was told, you know, tell me transgression. You know what a transgressor is? A transgressor is someone who faces your house a, a transgressor, that word actually means someone who, you know, you've heard of the case in your house. What I'm saying is, it's someone who premeditates their sin. It's not like they were caught in sin unaware, like iniquity might be, but they, they're, they're trying they're trying to do something. They're, they're watching you. Uh, the transgressor will be watching you, looking at a way to rob you, rob you right out of your house, or whatever. It's a sin where you're premeditating. He says, I don't know about that premeditated nature. 
Uh, do they have precognition to actually do that which is not right? And he said, show them their sin. Because I, I won't, and I like this, and yet they will seek me daily. And they will delight in their own ways. And so there's promise in Isaiah. Now, um, I'm going to try to set this up this morning about what I've been receiving from the Lord. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to take a little bit of my notes from uh, T. Austin's part, because, because the Lord and I put this in my heart this morning. I'm going to try to ever write and, and build a context with you. Um, so that I can make an application as a, a story that affects our personal lives and our ministry and what I believe is going on uh, in our nation. The, and, and here's the first thing. If you take notes, you know, um, you might want to take notes about, about this because we're going to look at how Jeremiah's ministry will overlap the ministry of Daniel, and Daniel's ministry will overlap that of Ezekiel. Now, I try to help you with this, but when Jeremiah was employed in his prophetic ministry, he was employed in the southern kingdom. Um, he was employed by the Lord at the end of, of the southern kingdom. Now, so just a little bit of historical reference uh, Solomon is, is king right after David. And he was king after Saul. And then after Solomon, the kingdom split into Jeroboam and Rehoboam. You have the northern ten and the southern two or three, you know, because Judah and uh, Levi and Benjamin would hang out together. And there were some Simeonites that would hang out in the southern kingdom, it said. And in the northern ten, you have the other tribes. And they were run by the Ephraimites, and then they had a southern kingdom run uh, by the Judeans. And, and what happens, and it's, it's, a, it's a long scope of a story, but the northern kingdom uh, will end up being taken off by the Assyrians. Uh, and there was primary prophets that the Lord utilized in the northern kingdom, and that is a whole explanation and understanding It's really important in your biblical narrative uh, theology and study to understand the north and the south. Uh, because um, in, in the south, uh, what, what they had in the south was called the scepter. And what they had in the north was called the birthright. And that, that scepter and birthright had followed all the way back from, uh, back from uh, Reuben. Because the firstborn son was given both a scepter and a birthright. And when he sinned uh, on uh, his daddy's couch with Bilhah, his daddy's concubine, when he sinned with her, Jacob basically told him he took away that firstborn's uh, privilege of the double portion or the double blessing, and he took the scepter and he gave it to Judah, and he took the birthright and gave it to Joseph. And later on, you know your history, Joseph is going to take that birthright and hand it into Ephraim. Okay? You're going to see. You're going to see that separate birthright follow through the course of history, and it's going to come up at the conquest with, with uh, Joshua. I don't know if you know this, but Caleb was a Judean 
And Joshua was an Ephraimite. And there were the only two tribes that were saying, let's go in. And after like 40 years, because the other 10 tribes said no. But they said, let's go in. And 40 years later, they go in and begin to possess the promises. That separate birthright will, will go all the way through uh, to David, where there'll be a union of scepter and birthright with him because he, he'll hold the scepter as a rightful Judean. Saul couldn't because he was a Benjamite. He'll hold the scepter. And then when he was 30 years old, he'll have the scepter. When he's 37 and a half, remember the other tribes come and they make themselves weak with David. Remember they say, well, bone in your bone, flesh in your flesh. And so now you see the scepter and birthright come together. And Solomon, they stay together, and then this is where we're going to head into this morning. Uh, out of Solomon, Solomon will split the kingdom. And there's many reasons why. Um, and that's a whole other teaching. He splits the kingdom in the Rehoboam and Jeroboam, so the scepter and birthright split again between Judah, the scepter, and the south, and the, and, and the birthright in the north. And so there's two kings that get set up. And in the northern kingdom you had uh, what foreign was called the Amric uh, dynasty. And that was uh, Ahab's family. And when, when you read about Elijah and Elisha, they were northern kingdom prophets. So today when we get into Jeremiah, I just want you to understand Jeremiah is a southern kingdom prophet. Elijah and Elisha were northern kingdom prophets. And that's that's a an amazing story too. I mean, I, I did preach Bethel Gilead Church in Jordan and take that through the whole Jordan, the whole journey of Elijah and Elisha and then the raising up of Jehu. Don't you love God's word? I absolutely love his word. I think it's the most anyways. I love your word. And Jehu, you know, he comes in and he like takes down the whole Aubrey dynasty. He kills them all. Now, I mean, maybe he showed no mercy to Ahab and his family. He's like 80 sons, I forgot the exact number, you don't may know, but I mean, he just takes the whole thing out. Some people like say, well, Jehu was too bloody man. And other people, you know, he kills Jezebel, throw, throw him out the dogs, right? Eat her head. And you, you see this reform that's going on in the Northern Kingdom because, why? Because the king had set up two false altars to worship the Lord in, in the north. He didn't want the people going down to the southern kingdom of Judah to worship the Lord, which God had demanded that they come down there and hang out with the Judeans, because that's where a real praise and worship was going to happen, and God had ordained Jerusalem for that. And they set up two governments, or two altars, <coughs> in Bethel and in Dan. And the Lord wasn't going to put up with it. So he's going to send Assyrian to him. And, and over time, uh, Sennacherib and the whole Assyrians are going to come in there and they're going to literally carry the northern kingdom off into exile. Why is that important? Because they had got their worship off. They were worshiping a form of God and not worshiping the true God. Yeah. Now I'm going to throw something out here. And then I'm going to bring this together. God, women, I can bring this together for you. 
Years ago, I said, Lord, explain this to me. He said, well, you're in the United States of America. You know where your Bethel altar is? I said, where? He said, Washington, D.C. They said, you know where your damn altar is? And I said, no, Lord, where? He's like, New York City. Because Bethel was a more conservative altar and Dan was a more liberal altar. He says, you'll see in your nation, in your own very own nation, the splitting and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what they would call good at Bethel and what they call evil at Dan. It said progressive north was literally what it was called. It was progressive in the north and it was more conservative in the south. And I know today we say, well, it's more progressive in the south too. Well, but neither one of them were right altars to the Lord. And I'm going to tell you this from the Lord. He's going to bring those altars down. And we've already seen an example of that, even on 9-11. These places, this, this thing of mon monetary wealth and consumerism and all this, it has to come down and this thing that was built by really, uh, really with a new world order ideology in our, in our nation's capital today, it will fail. It will. Because these altars are not the places of worship that the Lord desires in our nation. Men and women have made them in such as of altars of worship. The Lord is after overturning this now. And so what happens the northern kingdom, which involves that and then are taken into captivity. And that is the story. And there's other prophets that you've read in the northern kingdom. And they'll go and they'll say and they'll say, please turn to the Lord. And they'll tell the people of God, turn to the Lord to worship him in spirit and truth. Turn back to the Lord. Stop turning to you. Even if not, I'll say this, do not turn to the red and to the blue. You are a royal family. You're, you're, a holy, you're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. You're the purple family. Take the legitimacy in the red and the blue and let it be blended in the purple. You're a royal. Don't get confused about this. And don't the, the whole thing of that tree, it has to die. It has to come down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can look at it, but don't you eat from it. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it will turn on itself, the legal and the liberal. They will turn in on each other. And there will be a civil war. But it won't just be the civil war of those two camps, because those two camps will actually foul in itself against the root church. Mark my words in Zechariah that when he said the sons of Greeks and the sons of light, the sons of Zion, that's where the war will be. And that's where the war is now. Don't think for a moment that a red is equated to a son of Zion. It's no more than a son of Greece. Because it's legal. Now, should we do things right about the character and, and be righteous? Yes. Should we get to the poor and blessed and, and go and take care of other nations? Yes. That's the legitimacy. But God knows there's a lot of illegitimacy. And the Lord knows. Know who you are in Him. 
and know that the great shifting of our nation is happening right now in the nations of the world. There's either that you are in the Melchizedek order or you're in the new world order. Listen, there's, if the, the lines are being drawn. You must, you must ally yourself with the Son of God because the world is going to say, give us the king. They're, they're going to realize here soon when the economy and everything comes crashing down, they're going to say that if this government, the great United States of America, cannot uphold the value of the dollar, then no other nation can have that uh, reserve currency that we must have an economy that is a global economy and it must be ruled by a consortium of nations under and eventually under one man his name is Antichrist. The Lord's in the middle of this though, I want you to know. The Lord's the one that's turning up the heat. The Lord's the one that brought the crown reaper. Now, people don't want to hear that, but the word allowed it. He brought the crown reaper to expose, to expose the liberal and the legal in the human heart. Because he's a, a monarch is coming. He's a king. And his exposure has come for all of us to say, Am I going to ally myself with his sovereign right to govern my life? Or am I going to ally myself with another system? And there will be a great falling away. And we, the church, the royal family, we must, and I mean this way never before, be not deceived. I mean, be not deceived. The time is upon us. Yeah. I would not doubt at all that the MASK will become the MARK. You hear me? It's a social global experiment. A social experiment to get us used to being scared in the forehead and with the phone. It's, it's, it's on us. And I, I, I want to say it's not to get us afraid because the Lord's like, you must preach from the gospel of my kingdom. You know, Matthew 24, 14. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the earth, and then the end will come. What? Again, a king is the rightful sovereign to rule. And it's, I, I mean, you are being tested. We're all being tested. Who will I ally myself with? Lord God. Amen. And we will be, uh, we will be, over and over again, because it'll mess with your economy. It will mess with your social relationships. Now, I'm here to encourage you. It, it, it will mess with your, uh, it, it's, it's messing on three, three levels, our social economics, our ethnicity, and our gender. Why? Because there's a, there's a word, word called Zeta, there will be either male or female, Jew or Greek, Paul or free. And those will be the three areas that the enemy will assault the most. The socioeconomic uh, classes, the class distinction. There'll be a war in the, in the classes, middle, lower, upper classes, one, one under three, right? Let me share with you a mystery. I'm sitting here holding it. It's the stewardship that was given to me to preach this message in the end times. Let me tell you, uh, male or female, what will be in an assault? The, the, the uh, uh, gender will come under the greatest attack to try to get us to move on off of true manhood and womanhood. 
uh, confused the nature of God's idea of male and female. There will be an assault like you've never seen, and you see it, it is uh, perforating itself within our uh, our news systems, our, our, our legal systems, our um, our cultural um, preschools and kindergarten. Your preschool, ah! everywhere. It's everywhere. So we try to get our, our uh, to, to get us to get some kind of affectation towards this uh, uh, rudeness. And not just that, the Jew and Gentile, the 70 Gentile nation versus the Jew, there will be no war. There's going to be a war against this like you've never seen. There will be a seven years of this. But I mean, uh, the Lord's going to, uh, to deal with it, his firstborn son. He'll raise up Gentile nations everywhere to bring hatred onto Israel. Or really because they hate the Lord himself. But there, there is this mystery in the realm of Jew and Gentile and, the, and ethnicity and, and the desire to bring in some kind of um, genocidal nature because when it affects your uh, uh, appetite and uh, when you can't figure out how you're going to get a meal, how you'll act. And I, I'm going to get into the, uh, this today. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah, this guy is amazing. Now, he goes through some ups and downs. I mean, no one likes to get thrown into uh, dungeons and pits and, and go through hardship like that because they have the word of the Lord in their mouths. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'm more zealous than them all, and here I am down in a little muddy pit. I don't know how I'm going to make it because that man outlasts five kings. <laughs> he, he overturns five complete southern kings. Now, I'm going to tell you how this works now. It's, it's called cycle, it's called projection. I try to explain this. You know, you've heard of like, you got a log in your eyes, I got a speck in mine. That's what everybody thinks, right? You got a log and I got a speck. Do you know, I finally figured out, because I asked the Lord, I said, how do you know whether you have a log or a speck? Because I'm, I'm sure we have one or the other. I said, how do, how do you know? He says, well, if you're offended and you run the story over and over and over in your mind, you got the log. <laughs> if you're like, you have the speck, then you're kind of like, oh, Lord, forgive me. I, I think what they're saying is probably true. And I need some help. And would you forgive me for, for my actions? And when you help me to discern this deeper, and I want to find a way to go deeper with you, Lord, that's a speck. Yeah, because you're claiming there's a legitimacy to the reason why you're bristling with the person you're bristling with. But the log is like a mad at him and you stay mad and you roll it over in your mind through and you're in unforgiveness for days, months, years. You understand? What is Jeremiah doing? He's an assayer. This is what the text says. I believe it's in Jeremiah chapter. Oh, six at the end of it. He's an master. What is that? He's a the Lord sent him in among uh, these kings to uh, basically check the quality of their um, their met, met the, the metal in them. And so, what an master does is checking his quality to see if the quality is good. Like 
Uh, he used Jeremiah to ask the aid of these kings. And uh, some of them, they couldn't pass the silver test. A lot, none of them, I, I don't think, even passed the gold test. Many of them were in the iron and the bronze dimension. Now, I don't care what you're talking about. Well, Paul talks about this, right? Wood, hay, and stubble, right? And he talks about silver, gold, precious gems. Well, I, I was like, Lord, how does this all am? He's like, well, take the stubble. That's not the first dimension. And he said, uh, uh, take the hay. That's the next dimension. Take the wood. That's the next dimension. You notice how the quality is getting harder? Then it makes it iron. Then it makes it bronze. Then it makes it silver. Then it makes it gold. Then it makes it precious stones. I was like, oh. And he said, that's how I build my house. So, you know, when God's fire came through Jeremiah, because he, he was a holy man. So when his holiness came up against his kingship, the king's like, get away from me. You, you know what I mean when that happens when somebody makes you upset? They don't have to be Oh, I just thought it was me. You know, you bristle. Sure, how dare you say that about me? I mean, how dare you? You're, are you implying that I don't act on you know? Are you implying something? Oh, no, I'm not implying it. I'm just going to say it. Anybody else do this? You're being assayed. Especially, I know if you've been married, I know you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not, you've got, you've got little friends. And they're uh, checking you out. I know what my marriage is. Assayed. Woo! Oh, what are you trying to say, honey? I wasn't saying anything. I was just standing here. I was like, oh, you're so holy. I'm not. I just got exposed again that I don't love in that particular way. I didn't say anything. Why are you so edgy? You know? Oh, this doesn't happen to life. It does, doesn't it? But it's been truthful. Because we can't put on all the pretentious garbage here. It is what it is. And God's moving in us if we need to ask that question. Well, Jeremiah has been elevated to a position where he can ask that king. You know what the king does? You uh, ticked him off. And instead of getting him out and going in common because you've been uh, someone spoke wrongly of you or implied something wrong with you, he's like, for that guy in this dungeon. <laughs> I'm not out with this. He's making me not feel good about myself. And I like all the feeling good about myself. You know, tell me more, tell me sweet. Little lies. <laughs> Tell me all the lies you can about how great I am. <coughs> Five kings, Jeremiah. Five kings, all the way up to Zedekiah. Zedekiah, the last king of Judah. The last king of Judah gets his eyes put out. You know why? Oh, and God help us all. Because his vision was so natural. And in the Fact and in the, the consummate reality that he saw around him, he had not apprehended the unseen realm and the unseen God. He had lost his vision. You know what we did this morning when you, you go up in the spirit and, and you tremble at his word. anything in this table. I have nothing to get except my full worship and my full praise to you. And Zedekiah had lost it. 
His daddy had lost it. His daddy's daddy had lost it. I mean, it gets back to it gets back to um, Hezekiah. Remember Hezekiah? Fifteen years, uh, God extended your life because he had a he had a, a big wound um, come up on his face. Remember, that's like his great 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 granddad. And the prophet comes to him. He says, "Put a kind of fig and put a poultice on it." Now that thing will preach. And I, I don't know if I'm preaching that message, but that fig poultice will preach. And then what's that sucker do? He goes and opens up the temple and shows the Babylonians all the gold. And then the prophet comes in, like Isaiah comes and tells him, "You shouldn't have done that." You know what he, he said? Well, I'm not worried about me. I guess it'll affect Manasseh. And it did. It affected Manasseh pretty bad. Because you know what? He was so concerned about himself, he didn't have a generational transfer. And we see what happens because that man didn't leave his son to go into the unseen realm and to get a hold of the Lord. And to go deep into the Lord. He had his eyes on that Babylonian gold. Well, the Babylonians come and took that gold and stripped that whole house of its gold. He had his eyes on the wrong thing. He put his eyes on the economy of this world and the things of this world. And God is life spared, yeah, by the skin of his teeth. But his eyes were on the wrong thing. And look what happens to Zedekiah's great, 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 great grandson. Boom, down with the royal family. The worship to Jehovah, the worship to Yahweh at the altar of God was gone. I haven't even got started. But I am ready. I have an hour with you. Or two. No, I want to build a context of what was going on in the nation in that day and why what's about to happen with us five matters. Because again, Jeremiah's ministry overlaps with Daniel's. And Daniel's ministry is going to overlap with Ezekiel. So if you if you if you did this like this, this is the way I think of it like this. I think of Jeremiah's ministry then Daniel's ministry here and Ezekiel's here. So we're kind of like Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. So there's a there's a Daniel now, Jeremiah, let's go post post, not post-exile, but in the exile. The northern kingdoms, southern kingdoms in exile. Now we pick up with Daniel, who's up in exile. Remember this? Now he's going to get the word of the Lord there. And man, I can't go over the whole book of Daniel today. I wish I could have been able to take me go ahead. a year to two years to go over the book of Daniel today. And I mean, I went through the fastest Jeremiah I could possibly go through without making me feel like I'm a bad preacher. Because I want to cover more ground with you. But, a little snapshot. Daniel 
And I want to pick up in something that affects our ministry today. And I want to tell you a little story that's happened over the last few weeks out of Daniel. Now, now, you got to track with me again. Jeremiah is in this, he's in the unseen realm, bringing heaven to earth and unseating a corrupt governmental system of the royal family. The northern kingdom's gone. The Syrian kingdom has taken them in. You know, Sennacherib will try to come uh, take out Hezekiah as well, and then he'll be defeated. Hezekiah's got some boldness about him, but eventually Zedekiah loses his eyes. He's carried off into captivity. So that's all gone. But in this dovetail, Daniel is up there with the exiles, and he's receiving this prophetic revelation from the Lord concerning what would happen in the building of the second temple, and not just that, the end times that we're coming into now. I mean, he, that book is so rich, and you have to go, you can go listen to some other guys that you trust to preach that book to you, because I can't do it justice today. So, I'm going to go to Daniel 12 with you this morning, because it's because Daniel 12 is happening in this ministry. And it's important to us. And it will be even more important as this ministry continues to unpack itself because of where it's going. Because this ministry has to go and confront. Uh, we are going to confront the powers of the nation and the nations and this world. This ministry has to go there. And I need you to have a context. And this is being recorded, so I want it to go on the air that it was set. And I'm not holding back. Just something happens to you when the Lord messes with you a lot. And you realize he's all you got. And then when he is, you say whatever he wants you to say. And you know, it can be whatever it is. And get thrown in jail and go to prison, whatever, it does not matter. This message of the Lord has to triumph in the end of the age. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Michael, the great prince who watches over your people, will arise. Bring the big archangel in and bring in the war. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh man, it's time to get on with it, Lord. I mean, it's time to get on with it. Right? I mean, you get messed with enough that you're just like, you know what? I'm tired of being messed with. And it's just like, I'm sick of this. And then you just get tired, you get fed up, you get fed up with all the attacks and the things, and then realize finally the Lord is God. You know, He's really God, and He's in charge, and well, I want to be on the Lord's side. So bring in the big prince, you know, bring in the war machine and start up and crank this thing up. Yes. Let's get started. You hear me? <laughs> yes, I hear you. So, He will. There will be a time of distress unlike any other of the nation's beginning up to that time. But at that time, your own people, all those whose names are found written in the book, will escape. You know, there's 3% of the book of Revelation is about the 
about being beheaded and all that stuff. And all the stuff, the martyrdom and everything that everybody gets afraid about. Listen, the revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of the beautiful Lord who's coming back to solve ruin, reign, and will reign with him. Listen, let's not get caught up in the heads being cut off and stuff like that. It won't matter anyways because Revelation 12 says you won't love your life to the death. You'll hold his work. And it, it, that, don't let the, those guys scare you about that. Yes. It's the revelation of the man Jesus. He says, written in the book will escape. Now I know some people think that means you're getting out of it and they're preaching of rapture. Now I'm not preaching of rapture, y'all. Okay, I just want you to know that. I'm just saying up front. I'm, I'm, we're going through the tribulation. Lock it up. <laughs> Everybody, shoulder to shoulder. Here we go. We're going through. Now we won't be probably in when the wrath is unleashed on work. Earth, but that's a, 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 the second part of the tribulation. Not going into that. It's not my assignment today. Many of those who sleep in the dusty ground will awake. I was reading Lamentations three this last week. Remember, it says he says uh, I put my mouth in the dust. I was like, well, I mean, I was like, you know, just. I have to tell y'all sometime my story at the barbershop. I told, I told Tom and Madison, oh man, is I had to put my mouth in the dust. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, well, the people that mouths are in the dust, I know that doesn't mean that, but they'll wait. But I had to put my mouth in the dust while I listened to the wicked. While the word was given me the scripture saying this is all wickedness, while men boast of their houses and their economies. Well, our family's trying to figure out where we're going to live. <laughs> and, and it says, and, and, and some everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting abhorrence. And as a note, um, if you haven't read Tom McManus's book, I advise you at this moment, not at this moment, but you can talk to him as a book on the kingdom parables. I mean, don't everybody run up there right now. I don't know if he brought out copies for everybody, but you know, the kingdom parables and gives the word in the revelation of this particular section and more but, but the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse or the firmament amen oh man and those bringing many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever i.e. star link our, our series we're in right I know you want to be one of those. Yes. The wise who will shine. I, I told y'all the story about I was going down to the throne and, and then I, I saw a bunch of people dressed in white. Uh, and I, I saw the difference in bodies in the heavens. I'm telling you, there's a difference in, in the glorified body and the men and women dressed in white. There was like like a stadium of them going down to the throne, but when you get down to the throne, people's bodies are made out of white. It's like a fiber optic. I, I saw Kara down there in another experience, and there she was. I was like, oh my goodness, she's beautiful. And uh, she was standing right at the throne, and she was looking at the Lord, she had blue and purple. Your emotions go through my light through your face, and you know what people are feeling, and you can talk to them without saying anything. 
that's really cool. But I noticed there's a difference in shining like the brightness of a star and having white robes on. I'm just saying, there's a difference. And, and here's the thing, this is why it says the lies. And you, you can ask the Lord for wisdom, James chapter 1, right? Don't, don't let, don't let, uh, you think though that if you're double-minded, if you're a Bethel or, or you're a damned person, don't think you're going to get wisdom. Do you hear me? If you're doing the legal and the liberal thing, don't think you're getting wisdom. You say, let not that man think you'll receive anything from the Lord. He said, but the Lord will give you wisdom if you ask of him. Humbly come to him and he won't put you to shame for asking him. I like that because you know how some people make you feel bad because they know more than you do. <laughs> you, know, you know, anyways, the Lord won't do that to you because he does know more, but he's all wise, you know. And so he said, you want to have the wisdom of this, not the wisdom of this age and the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom that caused you to shine bright. Like the heavenly expanse, you want this. I'm, you will want it when you stand up there one day. And you don't want to be in the stadiums. You want to be closer to the throne because he's light. And so what, what it is, is your person has to perceive him as light. And if, if you'll still be dressed in light and you'll be uh, reflecting his glory and have his glory, but why not be completely immersed in his glory? You're like, oh, yeah, huh, that's the one. You know, all over you all the time. And those bringing many derisions will be like the stars forever and ever. I.e., be about the kingdom. Be about the ministry he's put in your heart. Don't be playing games with your life every day. I mean, if he's called you to something, step out. Go for it. Whatever he calls you to do, go do it. Uh, so you'll shine like a star. Many stars differ in glory. That's another passage. But Daniel, but Daniel close up the word, seal the book until the time of the end. Many will dash about, and knowledge going to increase. Well, they're trying to slow down the dashing about by passport, vaccine passports, and stuff. But and knowledge is increasing, right? I mean, hey, you can get any knowledge you want. Just boom. I mean, right there, the apple tree of knowledge, good and evil, right there in your hand. Don't eat from it. Just you can look at it. Don't eat it. I'm not going to. <laughs> don't let this consumption don't don't let this be your daily appetite is images and news and all that stuff get your eyes on the Lord yeah. right alright five years ago can't remember the exact date might have been June 16th or something 2015 six years ago Stephen and I are downtown Hendersonville. We're worshiping the Lord. We're, I think we were actually by ourselves. There may have been a couple people in the auditorium seats. I have been being initiated by the Lord to transact into the second heavens. Stephen worships the Lord. There I go. And I go up into the uh, silver lining and, and one uh, event we did, I see the silver lining, I stick my head in it, I see the darkness, the black and the light going off into the blackness. And it looks like a chocolate mousse. I tell this story in a podcast called Tesseract. I also tell a story, a story I'm going to tell you this morning in another podcast called A12, The Senior Crown, which is a takeoff of the uh, SR-71 Blackbird, but that most people wouldn't know that. Uh, and the CIA reconnaissance aircraft at the A-12. Anyways. <laughs> because I, I really love that aircraft, but, you know, 
And I found all this stuff about it. And I'll put it in there. It's like coded language. Anyways, I'm going through these initiation rites with the Lord into the second heavens. I see, I get the, uh, I get to go up to the gold ladder, the Jacob. Uh, I get to receive the Tesseract cube, the four-dimensional cube of love, Ephesians 3.18. You may comprehend what is the length, width, breadth, and height of love God. I get that. And then I get to go into another event, which uh, ends up causing Bridget. And uh, that's subjective, I know, but I have some objective proofs on it. But you can see a, a demon come out of second heavens and knock down over Europe. The next day, I go up, Stephen, and I'm up. Because, man, when he works, I don't know what it does to me, but I'm in the heavens. And I go up there, and there's uh, this angel. I was that tall, the angel was that tall. Like a centimeter to 11, 12 centimeters. So from like, I was a centimeter, he's 12 centimeters. Just kind of put it in perspective. And he says, uh, he's Michael Archangel. And he says to me, we're at your command. I was like, who's weird? That was my first question. Why'd you use that? Uh, what is that, a plural pronoun? I was like, why'd you use that? And all of a sudden, boom, as far as I could see in the second half of angels, Went into V formation. And I mean, I guess it was a third of the host of heaven because Michael Archangel has a third that he governs, I think. And I think Gabriel has another third, and I think Lucifer had the other third. That's just speculation, but I think that. But um, I know that Lucifer had a third because we know that. So the other two thirds had to go to somebody. Anyways, so, anyways, um, I said, uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. Because he said, we're at your command. And I was like, I thought, we don't command angels. And I'm seeing a lion vision. Boom. I'm falling out of the second heavens, and the word says to me, Dale M. Sides. Just like that, as clear as day. He said, Dale M. Sides. Strategic warfare, angelic warfare, something like that. I'm going to raise up a company one of these days, and we're going to initiate with the angelic realm to declare war against the new world order. I thought, wow. Four years later, Daisy Smith sitting over here. She says, we read a prayer meeting. She says, Pastor Carol, what have you done with that? I heard your podcast. Am I right? I heard your podcast. And what have you done with that word with Dallas Sides? I said, nothing. And Daisy Kyle did the very good, corrective Mothering kind of, why not? You know. She got off my face a little bit in the sweetest kind of way. And she says, um, why, why haven't you done something else? I said, I guess I forgot her. I mean, uh, going through persecution and affliction every day. I can't even probably keep my head up. This is a constant battle. And, uh, you know, I'm like, if that angel wants to appear, I'll hang out with him. But I mean, other than that, I'm just trying to take care of Karen and the kids. And I'm Run this ministry. <laughs> you know. Uh, she says something and someone else, uh, I think it was Sue Cook, but she buys the book, Angels and Army. Is that right? Or did you buy it? Brandy buys it? Someone buys the book, Angels and the Army, by, get this, Dale M. Sides. And, and guess what it tells in that book? How to command angels. From Hebrew study that he did out of the war scroll, out of the Dead Sea Scroll. And it's legit. 
and I was cute and shocked and genuine. I didn't know. Well, a year later, I'm telling that story over there at Tom and Laura's house last year. It's your birthday on July the 4th, which your birthday's on July 4th. I just want to make sure, because I didn't remember if it was the 3rd or 4th, because this year it was celebrated a day earlier, so it messed me up. That morning, I had an encounter with the Lord about this place and the Lord moving. That evening, some people gathered around. I thought, oh, people are gathered around. I want to tell stories. <laughs> That's what I did. I'm like, my dad. <laughs> I got me an active audience. Time to tell a story. <laughs> and Phil Deeds is in that uh, story. And I'm telling the same story. And Phil says, I know, Dale. I've been supporting his ministry for like 20 years. Something like that. And I said, no. He said, yeah, I know Dale. So Dale uh, calls me a couple weeks. He said, Carol, he said my name. I said, yeah, he's crying on the phone. You know, His wife, Vicky's in the car. I said, he said your name. You're Dale inside. He said, yeah, is there another one? I don't know. But you're the guy. Angels in the army, right? Yeah. Well, This is how I end up meeting the McManus family because John Harris, they go to a John Harris meeting and then another uh, man, David Collins, and then Dale Sykal said, you know Carol? And then Tom says, no, well, he's in Saluda. Well, Tom and Jamie are there building the house in Saluda. And so we connect and just love, double love each other. You know, and it's just like, you know, it's a match made from God. And uh, come to find out, he goes, Big Kazizi. Dale met you down in Texas. Yeah, and he loves your book, Elijah Chronicles, by the way. Loves it. And I do too. That's one of the best books. That's what Dale says to me last week, the week before last week. He loves your book. And he said it impacted him so tremendously. He wanted you to know that. I don't feel tall, but he's wanting to talk to me. So, so I'm like, uh, on July the 21st, Kara and I are at Jeff and Kelly Manning's house. It's our last day there. The Lord tells me that morning, he says, today a book in your life ends. I will open up a new book beginning tomorrow. And Kara's crying and I'm crying. She says, I don't know why I'm crying. And I was like, me neither. But we're just supposed to sit there crying. The Spirit of God came down on us to bear witness to what he was saying. We could feel his presence so strong. Well, that was Wednesday. We, I, we leave for Charleston. We come back. We do host the 40th meeting here. And the Lord tells me two weeks ago something has closed out here. And I don't know what that means yet. But he says you understand the plight of the worker, the plight of the oppressed and all this stuff. And he said, and this ministry is ready to progress to the next thing. Um, I didn't know what he meant. That happened Sunday. Also Sunday morning, I did not say this two weeks ago. I'm up here worshiping the Lord. And he says, the Lord says, drag all the Pisces. And I'm like, because you don't know how to navigate. And I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, right, you don't. That's why you're an OJT. So just so y'all know, on the job training, we're all in the middle of, you know, Get trained, you know, and uh, so he's like, and get up and drama, and I'm like, what? 
I was like, he said, GPS won't work. You have to navigate according to the stars. And I was like, oh, Starlink. I was like, that's what he meant. You know, it's not what he means. I was like, Starlink. Monday, Tuesday, guess who comes into town? Dale Insides from Bedford, Virginia, comes to Vinnie Holman's. Y'all know Vinnie Holman? She has a ministry called The Stream. It's in off of Lita uh, Road in Dana. And Tom tells me, hey, remember, I forgot because Dale let me go two weeks that he's coming in. And then Dale, Tom says, after search, you know, Dale's going to have oh man, I forgot. But Dale comes in, Tom and Stephen and I and Donnie, right? Yeah. We're over there uh, at Vinny Holman's house. <clears throat> and uh, there's Dale and Vicky. Wonderful people. Vicky, she's so much like Jesus, I, I don't even know how to explain it. That woman just loves. She told me I was beautiful, and I knew that she had the Lord. <laughs> she's like, maybe that wasn't true. But if anybody would say something like that, she's so beautiful. I was like, no, I'm not, but okay, I'll take it. You know, and uh, it's the sweetest lady. And, and, uh, and he's like uh, the son next kid. <laughs> Cassidy and the son next. I mean, this guy's like. <laughs> and he says that the Lord told him he was a, a weapons, uh, what do you call it? A weapons dealer. <laughs> and he is. He's, uh, he's like this to me. Isn't he talking? No, he's like this. He's like, man, I got guns. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm blazing, man. I'm gonna blow some demons on to you know, back to hell, you know. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, he's been to India and done all kinds of stuff over there and everything. So I meet Dale, and we all meet him. It's really cool. He's in his seventies. He's fiery, you know. And he says, um, he says, you know, the four basic iniquities of the human soul. I studied this out: it's fear, lust, anger, pride. I call it the flat. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And uh, I said, Lord, uh, I'm concerned that Dale's going to do a teaching. And uh, I like to be taught, but right now i got some questions. And the Lord said, give me PPJK. And I said, okay, prophet, priest, judge, and king. For a replacement of fear, lust, anger, prophet. The prophetic is, and the four cardinal virtues. Now if you take notes, I'll take them right here. Prudence is the prophetic. That covers fear. Got it? Because fear is like always concerned about the future. Usually. It can't be concerned about the past, but it doesn't because it's not known. So God puts prudence or the prophetic in place in place of fear. What about lust? What does he do for lust? The cardinal virtue is temperance. And that is the priestly. The priestly dimension of, of, of the Lord. You know, priestliness, you know, priestliness means that in my private life I do what I write as well as in my public life. That's godly priest. Because the eyes of the Lord are on you. Temperance. And then about judge. Justice in the place of anger. Write godly justice. Not... And I mean, you know, y'all have heard great messages probably on justice. I'm not going to do it all the time for that, but justice is the place of anger. 
You get mad and incensed about a situation because usually there needs to be justice brought, but justice has to be brought right. And mercy, remember, triumphs over what? So real justice has a mercy, mercy component. It's not anger. And then pride. And in the place of pride is the king. But the, the, the right uh, discipline is courage. Flat. The four basic iniquities that every other iniquity and transgression and sin comes off of. Fear, lust, anger, pride. And, and Dale's admonition is we must live in the new man. We must live in the spirit. He's like, because if you get out of the spirit, you'll get into one of those things more than likely. The blood of Jesus paid for us not to live according to the flesh, but to live in the spirit. But, but we must be active in our relating to the Lord. Now, so I, I said to him, PPJ, produce temperance, justice, courage. And he's like, he looks at me and he's like, oh, you get me. You know, it's, or, and I get you. And I was like, good. Now let's get into something. <laughs> you know, and that, that's real good teaching and all that. And I want you to have that. But I had a question. What in the world does the Lord mean when he says Pisces and Andromeda? So there we go into another corridor of Vinnie Holman's house, house and on the walls the Maseroth. Now, if you'll get on lmci.org, that's Dale's ministry. Right? LMCI, Liberating Ministries in Christ International. Wow! Um, and you can look at all of his work on the Maseroth. The Maseroth are the constellations. There's 48 total. There's 12 major and there's 36 that are are, are called minor um, constellations or decades. And he gets into them and shows in the stars the cosmology of Christ. That's not, not astrology, not the zodiac in astrology, but astronomy. And he matches them to and shows the heavens as they declare the glory of the Lord. That's a whole other teaching. I don't have time for that. I just want to tell you all that. So he says, right here's Pisces. I was like, oh, it's just, thank God, it's an actual constellation. And it's two fish. And beneath it's Andromeda. And I said, well, what's that mean? He said, well, the, the fish there are like the spiritually mature. And I said, would you call them a remnant? He said, yes. There's a northern and a southern. And I said, interesting. He said, Andromeda is the picture of the bride. And he said, you see these bands that are connected to this constellation, Cetus. And I said, yes. He said, well, Cetus is like the Leviathan. I mean, I kid you not, before he said that, the word says to me, Isaiah 27.1. You know Isaiah 27.1? It's about Leviathan. In that day, I'll pierce Leviathan that serpent. I mean, he, he, the words of the sea serpent. I mean, he tells me that before he even says it out of his mouth. I was like, man, Lord, this is like real time. Then Tom's like, this is real time. You know, right? He said something like that. He said, this is happening. This isn't like something we're talking about. Like it's an intellectual exercise in astronomy. This thing was literally happening. And we find out more here in a minute. Well, I'm like, interesting. And if you look... It's located at the end of this age. Yes. This, this battle. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yes, the, there, he shows this progression of Christ's birth, uh, resurrection, ascension, then the church's work, and then the coming of the Antichrist in the stars, the defeat of the Antichrist, and then the millennial reign is in the stars. And guess what? 
We're like really close to the little picture of the Antichrist, which I was like, damn, you know, just, this thing is over with. And the Lord's going to descend and burst the eastern sky, and we're right here at it. And that's why this story is important. Because who's going to stand up at the end time? Michael and Archangel, right? You see the context that's being pasted? Not pasted, cut and pasted. No, no, not cut and pasted, but coming out right here. So, he does a teaching on that, and if you want that video, Del, uh, excuse me, Tom has it, because he recorded that little series on the teaching, and Dale does a real quick snapshot on Cetus, Pisces, and Andromeda, and what's going to happen. Well, I'm like, it, we all um, sit down and they, uh, I get to give my thing the rise of class for them for a little bit because Dale and Vicky didn't know those stories and I had to move through it real fast about the glorification of man and the restoration of all things and how that's going to Acts 3.21 bring Jesus out for attention. You know, Jesus is under our retainer until the restoration of all things. A legal retainer. And this is a big part of this ministry. Because the restoration of all things is a primary assignment here. And I'm, I don't know about other ministries. I just know this one is. Well, we go into this, like, her living room. And people are talking things like that. We put down here and me here and everybody around. And then Vicki Holman kind of breaks out and says, the Lord's coming here. And uh, she is on the piano. And the Lord came. Because I was thinking, We'll see if the word comes, you know. Because <laughs> Stephen's not playing his guitar, and I don't want <laughs> I, I know that's really bad at me, but I was like, we'll see if the word really comes. If someone else can get the word here. And then he starts playing the piano, and the word came. And I was like, man, she got the word here. <laughs> that's amazing. He must like her. You know, and uh, so she's playing the piano, and whoo, man, the press of the word comes. And, uh, couple guys, Donnie goes down on his face, I think, and Dale goes down on his face, worshiping the Lord. I love that, man, to see a man of God. I don't say you have to do that, don't do that, because I love it or whatever. You need to get approval that way. If the Lord tells you to do it, do it. But I mean, I love it when I see someone just go out prostrate like that. Especially, you know, more rickety knees and problems. I'm not saying you got that, Donnie, but, you know, but just, yeah, I mean, when you get older, it might hurt to go down. And yet it might even hurt worse to get back up. <laughs> I've been experiencing a little bit of that. You stand out too fast and get busy and stuff. You know, I'm 45. I can't imagine how it feels when you're 72 or 3 or whatever, you know. And so um, they get up. They get up. And Dale says, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because I don't remember exactly where, but something about our ministries are merging today or our ministries are coming together. And I'm sitting there like, he's a senior apostle, and I know that, that he's an apostle. And I'm like, I'm not talking unless that man talks, because you know, you give honor to your elder. But I was sitting there reading this. I'm reading Daniel 12, 5. Now, Daniel 4, it said, O Daniel, set up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many will run to and fro, and all shall be increased. And I'm, I'm reading that. That's happening. Knowledge to and fro. There's a book that is shut up. 
until the end. And it's a book I guess Daniel don't understand. And uh, this is what I'm reading right when Dale says this. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two. The one on this side of the bank of the stream, and the other on that side of the bank of the stream. I don't know if y'all heard me say earlier, if any homeless ministry, the name of it is. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I was like, if this is us two standing on the side of the stream that Daniel had a vision about, about a book that's going to be open, and the word said he was opening a new book the week before, and this is really happening, had the senior apostle say it. So then he says it, and I'm like, no, no. Then all of a sudden, Vinnie Holman jumps up out of her seat, runs over there, and throws down her sheet music that she had prepared before the meeting started on Daniel 12. 35 years ago, she wrote the song. And she had these other sheets, and she had prepared them in advance on Daniel 12. And I'm like, oh. Hmm. You forgot to tell them that Kelly, the man, told you. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a significant point. Um, thank you, Mom. The week, the Sunday after we had this event here, that evening, uh, I'm talking with Jeff and Kelly on the phone, and they were saying the Lord's about to do something in the city, and right here, this is going to happen. And uh, we were just talking and going through things and cutting up and stuff. And I, I told her, I said, I was on y'all's porch and the Lord says, I'm going to have a new book. And she says to me, it's Daniel 12. Now, Kelly doesn't talk like that. In all my years of knowing her, over 10 years, I've never heard her give me a prophetic word. Ever. Now, I've heard Jeff give a lot of prophetic words. I've never heard that woman give one prophetic word. She says, it's Daniel 12. It's right there. There's a book. So that, that's right, I forgot. Sunday, that happens. Tuesday, here we are, back at this thing, and I'm reading this, and the two were standing on this side of the stream and that side of the stream. And one said to the man called in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? Well, our meeting uh, transitions after that, and we meet together, and then Dale gives me a lot of personal instruction. And he tells me, the Lord gave you a book, didn't he? And I said, yeah. And Vic knows this, because I told him, I said, Vic, you see me. He know Vic. I said, Vic told me in 2011 to write my book. I still remember where we were standing at SDA Art and right in the middle, and he told me, you have a book inside of you. And I just received the book, Rise of the I, I didn't know it was called that then, on the phases for the glorification of man. He says, I'm telling you from the Lord, Carol, there's a book and you must finish it. Now, Dale doesn't know this in context of Daniel 12, 4. Because I didn't tell him. Well, we have this amazing time we go and eat together. We all have our thing and then uh, I, I shared this thing about Daniel 12, 5, and uh, Dale confirms it's the word of the Lord. The two at the stream. Saturday, last Saturday, I spend my day Saturday usually just like worshiping the word and waiting on him. 
The Lord said, pay attention to this and that. I'm like, what is he talking about? This and that. He's like, in Daniel 12, this and that. So look at the text. It says, um, the one on this side and the other on that side. And I said, I don't understand, Lord. He said, we have to look up the uh, nature of grammar. So I look up this and that in the nature of grammar. And get this. This means something that's near and that means something that's far. You follow me? And the Lord speaks to me and he says, you have a this ministry and Dale has a that ministry. And I said, how so? He said, well, did he not give all the historical references, which y'all didn't get to hear that, on Abraham and Melchizedek and Shem and doesn't he do all this work on history? And, he, and the Lord said, is that not of that? That's far because it's in history. I said, yeah. And he said, he also does the stars, right? And I was like, yeah. And he said, those are far away, right? I was like, yeah, like billions of light years away. He said, that's of that. He said, well, his ministry is seen. But it's of that. It's far and it's seen, and it's of that. He said, but I gave you a this ministry. It's near. And the Lord says to me, what's more near than the human soul? I was like, nothing is more near than a soul. He said, and it's what? Unseen. Your ministry is unseen. That's why you have such a hard time. Because you don't have anything to point at. But that's why I gave you all this odd language in the book. Uh, he said, well, who do you think asked this question? The Lord says to me. So I find out that the two Pisces fish, and Dale calls me the next night. And I told him about this and that and these and those. Because this, is the, the pearl of this is these and the pearl of that is those. And I called, Dale calls me the next night and I shared this with him. He said, it's the, it's the Lord here. Uh, and I said, oh, Dale, it's the northern and the southern Pisces fish at the stream. And the Lord speaks to me and says, you have a northern Pisces fish and uh, Dale has the southern. And I'll share this with Dale. And he knows all the, he said, that's, that's the truth. And I said, I can't believe this is happening. Now I got to tell y'all, and you can take this to the Lord. And if it is not right, now I'm recording it. That day blew me away, and the Lord set a five-year context on it. And Michael Archangel, down in sides, leads it all up to, I'm going to open a new book, July the 21st, all the way up to Sunday, Kelly Manning, Daniel chapter 12. It's the book in Daniel, all the way to, at the stream, two men standing there, one with a this ministry, one with a that ministry, at the stream, and then one of them asked the question, what will these signs be that the end has come? He said, and the Lord tells me, look up the plural of this and the plural of that. And the plural of that is those. And the plural of this is these. He said, you know who's asking that question? You are. God, man. That's why I sort of went away last week. And he said, I'm delivering a book to this measure. And I said, I wonder what the book is. And it didn't hit me until my mom says to me, Carol, it's the book you're writing. And of that book, it details the glorification of man as the 
plugs that will bring back the Lord. It's an anti plug. And I said, well, I, if it is the Lord, now I just want to say, you test this with the Spirit of God. If it's not right, then we'll throw it away. But if it's the Lord, we may be being delivered something for the end times. A book that's open, that will be open. And if it is this book, Rise of Classroom, it's no wonder that Daniel said he didn't understand it. Because hardly anybody else does either. Because <laughs> it's all this weird language, coded language. That I didn't do, I got it from the Lord. He basically showed the whole thing to me by going in and out of the veil. Now, why do I, I say this? Because he goes on to say that this, this is going to finish this deal off. You know, I'm kind of, I got really excited and then I've come under some more affliction, but it's not been easy, but I got really excited because I said, Lord, if this is the case, and, it, and let God's word be true and every man be a liar, if I'm a liar, let me be a liar, but if his word is true, and this is really happening to us, that this is the end, and our team's coming back. You see what the implications are. If the Lord is opening up the book that was sealed by Daniel the prophet, and he's opening this book up, it, it really begins to make a lot of sense, at least for me, for all the hell we've been through in this ministry. And while the devil has attacked us, voraciously attacked your lives, and, and, and been against the word of God, because he, if, if he should do anything, he would try to stop what the blood of Jesus has purchased on the truth. That the Lord would be, the Lord would be magnified because his expanded family would all come in. I mean, you imagine what this could mean, what the implications of this is. The implications of this, I, I, I don't lie, but the implications of this would mean the very embracing of the Lord in our generation. I tell my kids, I was like, your daddy's ministry is not successful if I die. It will only be successful if there's a translation into the heavens and we see the worst with the Eastern sky. Or I have let down my own calling. And if I do, you pick it up and carry it. Because if I die, we're unsuccessful because there must be a glorification of man. Remember how I said the context, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. What does Ezekiel have a vision of? The throne. Listen, beloved, what's about to happen? And, and, and you must give yourself to him. There's a movement happening right now that matches with Revelation 4. And I beheld a door that was open into heaven. And the voice of one said, come up here. Listen, right now, listen to the standing here. Uh, right now, right now, right now, right now. 
This is some real time. Right now, there is a call from the Lord calling the church. Come up here. Come up. And you'll hear us. We're going to sing it. We're going to say it. Rise. That's what this book is. Rise of the rejoicing sons and daughters. A class astronaut, a clown astronaut. Rise. Rise, those of, those of us. Rise. Because we're beloved and greatly loved by the Father. Rise in the age because the blood, the blood, the blood has purchased our full, utter, all the way redemption. The blood, the blood of Jesus has made a way and a path. Hebrews says it, that he, he passed through the heavens in his ascension. There's been a lot of preaching on death and burial and even some on resurrection, even less on ascension. But in this last hour, God is calling out, up! You know, the oxygen is not the same up there and the nitrogen is not the same up there. And the molecules of that space is different. You got to learn how to breathe differently. You have to breathe the word. You have to breathe his life. You, the what you oriented yourself down here in this earthly plane will not will not hold you up there. You literally have to have a transfusion of God's. You need more transfusions of God's love and His blood. The, the blood of Jesus is the path. And uh, you know, many have preached and said that the blood was just for salvation. It was just to save you by skin your teeth so you could have some fire insurance. No, it's not. And not, no, let, us, let us not say something like that. So trivialize the blood. When the blood that Jesus shed paid for our full humanity to be transfigured into something we could have never been apart from him. And he loves this. And the Father loves this because he wanted a pure family. And he wanted a family that looked like him. I mean today, you know.
confronted by the darkness and the powers of the air are confronted and people are raising up against them. And the, the minister in this book I was reading, he says, no, we, no, we will not back down. You know, uh, they, they wouldn't let go. And the people, people that were hate, hated the Lord started converting left and right. There has to be a confrontation right now like never before between the sons of Zion and the sons of Greece and Zechariah, the sons of Zion, the daughters of Zion must. We must! We must. We, the Lord's showing us out into a confrontation. I said to the Lord yesterday, I said, please don't put us out there without power. Because I know it's about to happen. I'm sitting there reading John 17. I, I want them to be one. I want, us, I want us together. I want union. I want this. I desire this. John 17. All of a sudden, the intercom comes on and says, Paul Kane, your vehicle's ready. And I'm not like up here to like attest to Paul Kane, but I, I'll tell you, you look into the thing with Luke 418. And Mike Bickle and I hop in and Paul Kane and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this guy Paul Kane sitting right beside me. I'm like, oh man. Paul Kane, he prophesied that he had over a hundred times a dream that in the end times they would stand in the stadiums and declare the Lord. And everybody was getting healed and everybody was getting saved. Paul Kane, your vehicle's ready. I said, oh God. It's Hebrews 11, it's John 17. It's the end time move. The book is going to be open. The book is opening. The Lord's about to raise up a global army. He, he's served this to me for years of intercession and worship. And they won't just intercede. They don't declare that a Davidic ruler has the right to govern the earth. And they, they, they will cry out night and day, worshiping him. And he will authorize the song of the Lord and the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom like you've never heard. With demonstration of signs and wonders. Literally in the heavens like he told me this today. I will bring the whirlwind down. I'm going to bring in the whirlwind. I said, Lord, I know. He said, Ezekiel. I'll bring the whirlwind. I'll bring the clouds. I'm going to come. And I will support this end time ministry that we are in. See, he begins to unfold this book. And he's watching us and preparing us. The greatest display of the glory of the sun. I declare, and I know this from the Lord, is coming on the earth. And you and I are being initiated by the Lord and being prepared by the Lord. One of the greatest breaking grace, I pulled in his spirit that the earth has ever seen.
that we get our team back here on the earth, that our team gets, he gets from Sweden, he's from Scott, and it's up to us. It's up to every time you say, notice it, and every time you say yes to him, every time you, every time you initiate with him, every time, you suppress your desire for the things of this world, you say, I want you more than life itself. Every time, every time. Lord, we ask you right now. I don't know what page one looks like in this tent. I don't really know how to, to bring this to pass. I can't do it. We have no problem within ourselves. But Lord, we ask you. And agree with you. Open up the entire book. Open up the book to take small. And cause this words that you have initiated and these people here that you prepared for such a time as this. Thank you for making us ready, Lord. Give us the wisdom in this house, Lord. To know how to move forward. Show us what the next steps are, Lord. Reap a harvest for you. Reap an entire harvest for you. You promised a billion souls, Lord. Reap your harvest for you. I pray this morning you would cause it. And that follow to happen. I pray that you would thrust out the harvest into the harvest pit. I pray for everyone that's been called by your name, Lord, that they will initiate. I pray for your anointing, Holy Spirit, that you would cause your anointing to come on your people, Lord. And I pray that everyone, whatever, whatever we've been called to, whatever our ministry is time is, that we would initiate with you. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would cause a lot to burn hot inside of our chest. Let your flame of love burn. Burn hot in us, Lord. Fire of God. Fire of God. Burn. Burn in us, Lord. Burn, Lord. For you are holy. Raise up the remnant. Raise up upon the nation. 